Sterling and with me tonight is JD Patrick. JD Patrick in the house. What's oh, up? You Jeff now? That's right. Yes. I'm, I'm going to steal P- Big Jeff Roser's bit of being in the house. Yeah. Does it feel like it's been a while? It does feel like it's been a while because I feel like I wasn't, I don't think I was on the last one. And I think you got that one in the can early. Oh, you and weren't that was on two the weeks last ago. one. That's why. That's right. Uh, well, welcome back. Hi. I missed you. No, you didn't. You're fine. I've seen you every single day since. <laughs> well, yeah, you say that like that's not a normal thing for marriage. That's true. That um, is true. I'm gonna turn this off after all. Turn what? Because it's cool enough with that. Oh, um, yeah. Wow, that really threw me off. So I'm trying to think. <clears throat> I was gonna say something, and now I forget because you distracted me. Something about marriage, as usual. No, nothing about marriage. Um, but no, we were super busy last week. So yeah, it was, we were. It was just I had the big rock show that nobody showed up for. But girl we had a good at time. the rock show. Well, the comedian showed up for it. Yeah, but they refused to pay, so I don't give a fuck about that. Well, that's on you. <laughs> just start charging them. Yeah, now we're gonna we're gonna do something. I don't know. Um. Well, at least you get to fulfill your lifelong dream of being a rocker. It is true. It's very. Let me put it this way. It's also these are more enthusiastic crowds than I have ever played in front of when I was in a band because then you're playing for like you're basically playing for the other band's friends and they don't really give a shit but now also the fact they were playing covers right and not originals so it was like everybody freaks out it's like oh my god the, the Fall Out Boy song I know <sighs> yeah. that's what I have to say to you high energy podcasting skills um, I mean goth and high energy don't really go well together anyway that's true Oh, what would you say is the most goth drug? The most goth drug. Yeah, because I would think... Uh, so, I, I talked to you, but the audience isn't aware. Um, might be. Uh, everybody, go check out the Blind Boy Boat Club podcast. This is a gentleman who uh, is a sort of novelty rapper in Ireland for a band called The Rubber Bandits. They had a song called... Hor- Fuck your Honda Civic, I have a horse outside... Anyway, he's become quite a podcaster and media personality over in Ireland, and he did a series on his podcast uh, all about the birth of disco, where he posits, and I think it's a great point, about how disco disco uh, has way more of the punk rock ethos than even punk rock has, mm-hmm. but it was always shunned as like phony novelty music, because you think about like what's punk about? Punk's about, you know... The, the underdog, the oppressed, and standing up for yourself. Like, well, yeah, but most of it, That's why most pod, uh, punk kids now are trying to, like... They try to shoehorn and over-magnify it. Like, there was one gay punk band in the 80s, so... Oh. Punk has always been about gay people. All right, we've already got on that. With the point being that, like, oh, yeah, no, but it was people of color, gay people, outcasts in society, who developed disco and dance music. Right. And, because... Turns out when your life's really hard, you mostly want to party and have fun and not think about it, as opposed to yelling a bunch. Anyway, my point is, he got he got very much into the detail of how drugs influence music, 
Uh, I mean, obviously, rave music, we know what kind of drugs go into that, psychedelia with acid, etc. So I was just curious what you would think acid, uh, acid, what you would think uh, the goth subculture would be fueled by chemically. Ah. Antidepressants? Zoloft? (laughs) Yeah, that was a really roundabout way to get to that point. Um, Got a full time, baby. Yeah, I mean, I joked ketamine, but I don't know. I mean... I feel like heroin was very was heroin big, big with goth kids. Like, well, no, not with goth kids necessarily, but More like, like the, the artists. Yeah, and like the um, I mean, I mean, we're talking about like goth kids. I didn't really know people doing much more than like smoking weed and coke. Right. I, I guess I am thinking they weren't smoking. I, I'm thinking more like the artists, I suppose. Right, and I would say like, especially like early goth, mm-hmm. red wine and would clothes. be like heroin if we're picking drug drugs and not mm-hmm. alcohol right wouldn't you agree i can't really think of any like goth progenitors that were into heroin i mean i don't really know what kind of drugs the goth the well, fathers of goth were in you know maybe mothers. maybe this is the way we talk about uh the fathers and mothers of goth because we knew one of the big things we want to talk about this week is on saturday you and Wait, i before we get too far from that i want to talk about sad goth news okay before all the like excitement of seeing a band that you know checked off my bingo card um my goth bingo card uh nine inch nails speaking of goth trent reznor has said is basically all but no more uh, well, he, he just said touring and it didn't seem no he to- said no music uh, yeah, he said he was frustrated with how people ingest music these I think days. he's going to get itchy and do it again. Yeah, what's he got? I mean... Well, I think he's doing a lot of soundtracks. Well, the, the, the thing you should be worried about is if he gets all Tom Waitsy, Just because Tom Waits was just... Uh, I never... I, the last time I would have had a chance to see him would have been 2007, 2008. And it would have been, like, years and years before that. I'm never going to see that man live unless I, like buy a ticket with an arm and a leg and then fly to like somewhere near his home in Southern California. Cause he, he famously has always been like, actually famously. Yeah. Like, look, I know I had my whole vagabond thing, but I have just been about my family for the last 30 years. I don't like leaving home. I like being with my wife. I like seeing my kids and grandkids. So like he, you're not going to see him anymore. Mm-hmm. So if Trent goes that way, his kids are still y- That's the thing, though. His kids are still young enough that, like, ah, he might want to spend time with them for a while. But they're not so young that, like, when they go away to college, I don't think he's going to be like, well, maybe I'll start a potato farm. Right. Right. And I think, like, he's just always in- going to be interested in making music. He's just shifting more to soundtracks now. Uh-huh. And I think I'll do like the probably pays better the select show here or there, but I mean I want to see them again, but and I'll never forgive our child if that yes, is we, we our had, last time we we had tickets and then uh, our baby needed to be delivered early and we had to sell those tickets yeah and they were great tickets yeah um but I really want to see them with you because mm-hmm, I never saw them but that's what made me think like also just reminder for the audience and probably not a reminder you don't know. Uh, the last concert my father went to before he died right. was Jane's Addiction and Nine Inch Nails. Well, I think that's what made me think of heroin too. Is a lot of the like I feel like the '90s goth. The industrial people. guys were all Trent Reznor, Skinny Puppy, uh, Al Jurgensen in Ministry, all heroin. 
Yeah, exactly. So, and those are like, th- those are like the more like they're not contemporary goths, obviously, but contemporary to our time goth. Right. Um. So I think that's why I went to heroin. Um. But yeah, coming off of that topic, I just don't want to get too far without mentioning that I can't believe that's happening. Um. But uh, yeah, so Saturday we saw dun 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 the cure. Wait, I didn't mean to do a dun dun dun. Yeah, I meant to do a, a drum roll. I'm sorry, I'm tired. But yes, we saw the cure. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, amazing. They played show. for a million hours. Approximately <laughs> one million. Um, we, we, you were a little concerned at first. Cause the the first thing I will say about this is uh, I I like the crowd. The crowd looked like who you thought. Uh, you know, goth boys, super cute goth girls, some older people who like didn't even try to like dress up or whatever. Like, well, who were clearly just OG fans of the band, right? But I also wonder if some of them weren't just like oh, I liked them enough, but they were very normie. Mm. Those would be the word. One thing I will say though, longest fucking merch line I have ever that was ever ever seen over forty five minutes. 45 minutes, I would say, even with the little mezzanine labyrinth that it got to, I'd say it had to be like 400, 500 feet long. And I went to search out other merch tables and they were all, I had to go back to you. Like, yeah, so you see that person right, because you were like, this is so long, we're going to miss the opening song. Like, let me go check. I come back. You see that person 20 feet away from us? Uh Uh-huh. That's the end of the line a thousand feet that way. Were there still people... In line when I, I didn't even get a chance um, to ask A you. lot of the people gave up. There was still... Were there uh, people behind you? There were people behind me uh, up to the little, like, sneaky thing. Mm-hmm. But everybody else behind that had bailed. There was maybe 30 more people in line. Because I really wanted... They've been doing uh, individual, individually designed posters mm-hmm. for each city. And I really wanted a Philadelphia poster. And it, it was less important to me to see the final note, the, the original, the first notes. Ugh. Uh, the introductory notes of The Cure. So I, being the husband, much like the Titanic, which was also in the news this week, I said, uh, go without me. I'll stay here on the sinking ship and buy you a poster. And I fucking left. I left you there to die. And my heart went on. No, you got the poster. Although today... <laughs> yeah, a much cooler poster dropped in. Yeah, well, it was, so we got night. like an orange version, which I get why they did an orange because like the flyers play yeah. where we saw them. Um, but yeah, the purple one was really cool and very Perry. Um, it was the same poster. It was like Rocky style. Right. Um, but yes, this one was purple, although it would have been $10 more. Yeah. And have you, so we've established that it was worth paying $10 less for getting Yeah, it was worth it. And by the way, I I still made it to our seats before like the very first word was sung. Right. Plus, no, that's not true at all. Yeah. No, you were definitely well into the song. Uh, well, the song, as I found out after the show, I tried to put together a playlist because I didn't know a lot of the songs that were played. So I tried to put together a Spotify playlist. Uh, if you look up The Cure Wells Fargo on Spotify, I believe it's a public one. You can see that. Like four or five of the songs, and granted, they paid 30, played 30 songs, but four or five of the songs were not previously released. Yeah. Like they were new and they were good. You couldn't tell them, but the opening song was one of them. Yeah, I was shocked because I was like in it from the beginning. And like, oh, and by the way, still, even though the purple one is cooler, now we have the story. That's right. But it came on. That's how I know you were not there while 
they went before they started singing. They came on and I like almost started crying. Oh, I which I didn't expect because like I like The Cure. I don't know like a ton of their music outside of like pornography disintegration. And they and, didn't play a single fucking song for pornography. Like their hits, obviously. Right. But on oh my god, full disclosure, I was very high for a good chunk of that set. Um, but man, I did not want one song to end. Like, and we had talked about this, that so you were just like at a certain point. Yeah, there, for me, there was some songs where it was like, you know, I get it, guys. This part repeats forever. I get it. It's fine. And that was really, I, I felt like the show kind of sagged in the middle because of that, because it was song. So there, there were three sets. Um, I think the first, they, they were each roughly about 10 songs each. Uh, the second set was probably my least favorite because that's where we got a lot of the really long, really drony. And I would say it's probably your least favorite too because you probably expected more hits in that set. Yeah, again, I would have li- I would have liked some of pornography. Like a mm-hmm. hundred years would have been great. Um, Fascination Street. I was really. Bu- I don't know if that's actually a particularly big song. But that was always one of my favorites off of. Uh, when you look at their set list, and they do vary. They do they do vary, but we couldn't really tell because the most recent shows before us were three nights at Madison Square Garden where they so obviously, obviously changed stuff up. Play it, yeah. um, I cried as well. Very much unexpected. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Love Song just because it's been played to death. The 311 version has been played to death. Ugh. But you and I have discussed how, since becoming parents, a lot of love songs, there were once romantic love songs... Uh, really hit you as a parent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started with the chorus. I started thinking oh, of our daughter. Shut up, cry. I'm not crying, slut. <laughs> but, you know, however far away, I will always love you. And I started thinking of our daughter, and I started thinking of my father, and just a whole, like, we weren't even out the first chorus, and I already made that connection, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, and you, like, grabbed me, and we're... And you, you too. You're, thanks, you're there on the love thing. Um, no, and after the word, you were like, I love you. I love our kid. Like, uh-huh. I love our life. Like, you definitely started waxing poetic. Yeah. Speaking of the 311 cover, I remember that was Kara's ring back for the longest time oh, in high school. Oh, were fucking... And I was just like, this is a fucking terrible version of this song. Yeah. Um, yeah, believe it or not, I was less interested in their hits like it was still fun to hear it obviously you know what's sounded- like i was so into like all the drums and like those like heavier songs you know which song blew me away that i didn't expect what burn 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 was from, really good yeah, from, from the crow from the crow that's not a cover right i don't think so no nine Inch nails does a cover for that soundtrack right? yes they do okay. dead souls by gotcha. jo- uh joy division gotcha but yeah that song Sounded cool. The video was really trippy in the background. It all focused on the drummer. Um, so there were six band members on stage. Was a drummer, Robert, the bassist who's been with him the whole time, who looked like three decades younger. Uh, the guitarist, I don't remember the guitar. It, it's Reeves something. I think it's like Reeves Gabriel, who was David Bowie's guitarist for like the last 20 years of his career. Mm-hmm. And then it was a keyboardist and a multi-instrumentalist, which actually really... Uh, fascinated me because so the cure is known for having like these really like uh not intricate but like the bass parts are very important like mm-hmm. they go very high up on the neck and okay. i noticed a few times like holy shit they have two bass parts happening on stage because the multi-instrumentalists would uh 
pull that out. And yeah, it was just really cool. Everything you know changed a lot. He played uh, Robert Smith plays acoustic on more songs than I would have thought. He his voice sounded great. His voice was exactly the same. I will say one thing. Can't understand a fucking thing he's saying. In <laughs> the only thing I understood was the sad one. Like, this song's about my brother dying. Oh yeah. And that was one of the new songs or a song that's not available online. I can never say goodbye. Um, I'm trying to look for the soundtrack because there was. Well, it, that, it might not come up under that name anymore. Oh, is it under? Okay. That's my slave name. Um, God. Because uh, there was. Why don't you just look up the cure? Oh yeah, there I am. Um, there was a set li- who liked this wasn't me. Um, there was a song that I really liked. Oh, I I also they, they didn't play. A, I I know they don't for political reasons now. The song "Killing an Arab," mm. which I know they've changed to "Killing Another," which it's if you're not aware, it's about the novel "The Stranger," where the titular character basically murders an Arab guy just because he's, you know, just overwhelmed. But he basically has a panic attack into murdering a guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, they picked the unfortunate name of killing an Arab in the late 70s, which was not a good time. And, uh, yeah, so they don't play it as much as they should. So I really remembered being into A Night Like This because it was right before a lot of song. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, what is that? That was really good. And I liked Charlotte sometimes a lot. That was a good one. Um, and the rest, I, like, can't quite remember, like, some of the differentiation. But, like, every song, it was just, like, the drums were so good. Yeah. And as we discussed, where, like, part of it is because of our kid. But I've been listening to a lot more, like, poppy female vocalists lately. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't usually what I'm into. But I've been enjoying it. But going to the show, I was just, like, oh, yeah, this is why I love heavy music. Like, I just felt so in my element. I did not sit most of the show. I was dancing most of it. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was so good. But yes, it is hard when you're smoking, trying to balance three hours. Yeah. Um, Uh, We also also parked, uh, not illegally, but extra legally. Extra. So I had a little bit in my mind the whole time, like, I hope I don't have a ticket. I hope we're not locked in. I hope someone doesn't break into my car. But it was fine. I didn't think anything more than a ticket would happen. Yeah, and I would have been fine with a ticket because it would have cost the same. Right. Yeah, so now we have our... our yeah. Our and thing. I was a little anxious leading into the show just because one of the podcasts I listened to, they had all gone to see the show and fucking hated it. But then again, they're not Cure fans. So why, you know... Why that was they? the cool thing about the show is, like, yes, there were obviously a lot of alternative-looking people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were, like you said, a lot of, like quote-unquote normies and there was like a guy like in a different section than us but who caught my eye who was like totally looked like a bro was like dancing like a bro but was like so into the music and like in that moment i had the thing of like wow this is a stadium packed full of people absolutely or what i thought you said they still count as stadium oh no stadiums like stadiums stadiums, like baseball parks yeah stadiums are mostly open air baseball and football that's right okay so arena excuse me here's an arena a large venue, okay. if you will. Totally fucking sold out. And every single person in there, no matter how, like, straight shooting or, you know, all that they looked, had a little piece of goth in their heart enough to come to this show. Mm-hmm. And I really, really loved that after seeing that bro guy. Yeah. 
because, yeah, everyone there was having a great time. Although we happen to be, including you, happen to be around like the only people who seem to be sitting for the show. Yeah. <laughs> Except me. But you were... I, I think that girl in front of me might have been a little like... She was on something. I, I, I thought I thought she was on the spectrum. Oh, really? Yeah, because she was like... The she, bangs? Yeah, because she kind of like retreat. Well, not not the one that was dancing. The one that retreated oh, into her Oh, I was talking about the bangs. Oh yeah, no, she yeah, she just seemed like regular goth chick. Yeah, she was enjoying it. But yeah, the one next to her, she was like on her phone, but she was like looking up the Cure. It's just she was more like, this makes me more interested in the Cure. Should I wait till later? Nah. Maybe she just went because her friend wanted to go. Maybe. We didn't see one second of the opening band. Sorry, the Twilight sad. I've heard they're decent, actually. Really? We should look into them. Yeah. Um, no, but I would highly recommend if anyone has even the slightest interest of ever seeing them, absolutely go. It is worth it. Yeah. They keep their ticket prices relatively low. I absolutely want to be on the floor next time. Yeah. Robert Smith is 64 years old, so... He's got some time in him. Question how many more times he's going to do that. This is like their big, like... We're doing a big, giant world tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, in some research this week, I found out that Robert Smith is, if not declared, at least claimed by the anti-natalist movement. Uh, the anti-natalists right. are the people who believe that it is immoral to have children because of the the overall axiom they can't of consent. they can't consent, and consent is the word of the day. Although he sounds like he's been like that since the eighties. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying he's like a hipster getting on top, you know. No, but you said it's the word of the day. No, consent is the word of right, the day. Right, right. But he was probably doing that before the anti-natalist that was, aspect. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I mean. Uh, yeah. You but know, consent, for the most part, is a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> it is hard to. But man, I read so much on anti-natalism this week, and it is all like. It's really, like, flimsy philosophy. It's... I mean, I feel like a lot of the people, without knowing anything about it, I have zero knowledge on it, I would assume a lot of the people who were in, interested in that sort of philosophy are people who, like, aren't particularly happy with, like, being alive. Right. They're, uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't even say unhappy after reading a lot of it. I would say very focused on the negative, because the entire philosophy is that by bringing and uh, yeah, it, by creating a person, you're creating somebody who's going to be afraid of death, who is going to suffer, and it's like they, they kind of treat in, in this philosophy, they kind of treat like all positives and happiness as like fleeting, like an aberration, mm-hmm. and they eat and they treat all like pain as in like. It doesn't sound like any of these people would consider something like positive pain. Right. Like, you know, I don't know, uh, trying to lose weight, exercise, for example. I wonder about there's not a lot of jacked dudes in the antinatalism movement because it's (laughs) just looking at a barbell like, what's the point? (laughs) Well, um, I mean, it makes sense that like goth people would be like that. But this was easily one of the top three concerts of my life. I, you know, I find I forget so many of my concert experiences. 
Like, I'll remember vaguely that I went to them, but... Then it uh, wasn't a great concert experience. No, no, I fully enjoyed this well, one. Well, no, like, enjoyed it, but, like, if I feel like if you can't recall, no, no, like, no. how I, you were I, feeling no, he, he, at that here's, show... Here's the thing. I have known concerts I went to that I had big emotional moments that I have... The memory has no emotional tether to it. Mm. I don't feel anything. The fact that I fucking cried to Aerosmith playing the national anthem. Oh, God. But, no, no, no. They're original concert was supposed to take place the day after 9-11 mm. and it got postponed for a few weeks and then they came back and it was fucking America everything and I felt that shit but like I need to actually if you were to ask me any other time like oh, best concert moments it's very likely I would also forget that one ever existed yeah well that was definitely I would say like off the top of my head like the three like three best concerts i mean it's hard right because Wait, what are the other two well no 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 i was gonna say it's hard because there's like also my adult life versus like my childhood mm. like i'm sure like seeing in sync was like one of the best moments right. of my life i'm sure seeing paul mccartney with my mom when i was 11 like, was one of the oh, best moments uh, i'll give you another example uh two bands i saw that blew me away just because my expectations were low or unclear uh, Tenacious D and Twisted Sister okay. were both incredible concerts, but they didn't hit me in any kind of emotional way. It was just a, oh, this was way more fun than I expected. I mean, The Cure didn't even hit me really in an emotional way. It was just like I had a great time. Mm. And I really enjoyed the music and the fact that like so many concerts I go to and like I don't know a song they're playing and I'm like... I am over this and the fact that like I didn't care what they were playing I was just so happy that they were up there playing it was like kind of a different experience than I've ever had at a show before Mm. I had that when I saw at the drive-in because I was a big fan of theirs and I thought I'd never get to see them because they'd been broken up for 20 years see I would have that at Nine Inch Nails but I know most of their music right right? so like I'm not like going into that with like very little knowledge mm-hmm. of their music aside from oh, the heads. God, and both Dream Theater shows I saw on that one tour. One I saw alone and one I saw with you. Mm-hmm. Both of those were like fucking crying my eyes out. Not only because it's playing my favorite album in its entirety, but because of, you know, one was on my dead dad's birthday and then the other one was right after my fucking stepdad died. Like, Oh, wow. And those, uh, I think a Dream Theater show is probably the only one I can say I know every single song that they played. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying. So, I would say like, I want to give you a top five, but four are coming to mind. Nine Inch Nails. When I saw them on my birthday, because I've seen them a couple times. Um, the Cure, obviously. Smashing Pumpkins when they had the reunion with James Eha and Jimmy Stewart. And the one we went the, to. No, the one before that that I went to with Karen and Corey, uh, and they played songs only off of their first five albums. Oh, cool. That was also at Wells Fargo. And Blink Reunion, like the first, like 2009, mm-hmm. Tom is back in the band Blink Reunion. Um,. I can't think of a fifth. And, like, my, again, in my adult life. Mm-hmm. But those four stick out. Um, and, yeah, who are some goth, like, people that you've seen live? Not that many. Um, these guys are more on the fringe, but I saw the punk band X, which, uh, not the X Japan. Right. But uh, they definitely have a little... It, they're weird because their music is, like... 
their their music is like rockabilly punkish, but like their vocals are goth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exena, the female singer, is very gothy. Um, yeah, that one was a really good one. Oh, fifth one would be against me when they all reunited. Ah, I'm trying to think, gothy. I don't think I've seen that many gothy shows. Like, I'm trying to think of even just bands I've seen. Postal Service would be up there for me, too. And one of, no, just as one of the best shows I've seen. Ah. Uh, um, fuck. I'd all, I, you know who I'd actually have to put up there? Even yeah. though my fandom for them has waned. It, it's, it's been tricky over the years. Uh, Slipknot. When I saw mm. them at on the main stage at OzFest and we were in, like, in the pit, it was such an overwhelming like not only audio experience but like have you ever been uh very close in a show where they have pyro no it literally feels like your face is going to melt off it is such an extra sensory experience that you're not prepared for mm-hmm. and also keep in mind you're right next to the speakers so it's blinding and you know what by that same token uh i'm not going to include that entire ozfest but i would say Slipknot at that Ozfest, at that same Ozfest, seeing Black Sabbath for the first time mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, at the drive-in, I would lump those two Dream Theater shows together because they were the same tour. Woo! Woo! That's right, you were there for one. Well, number two. You're uh, welcome. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think what would, again, I saw Aerosmith so many times, but they all kind of bleed together because of that. Um, another goth. I want to say I want to say King Diamond, just because not goth but spooky, certainly spooky. He wears yeah. a top hat. Can't get more goth, get much more goth than that. Uh, and that was the last concert I saw before COVID. Hmm. So that's right. I remember that. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I've also seen Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson was great live. Uh, um, I I would love to see Nick Cave. Nick Cave is very yeah. I would, see, I would like to see Nick. Cave. Yeah, he's very borderline goth. The only thing goth about his appearance is he, he has long black hair and he's fucking skinny as a rail. And he wears like all black generally, and that too. Well, he's a big fan of Paisley. Um, true. I I mean, fuck Marilyn Manson, but I feel like I didn't see, and I never will now. I didn't see him in the best venue because mm. I saw him open well I should say them I saw them open for Smashing Pumpkins at wow I've seen Pumpkins a lot more than I realized yeah. um, at uh, the Amphitheater whatever the fuck it's called now in Camden yeah the Tweeter Amphitheater Um, and I feel like seeing him in an Amphitheater isn't like the best same with Deftones when I saw Incubus mm-hmm. and Deftones, I feel like that's just not the best. Ve- like, it was a good show. It was still fun. Mm-hmm. But, like, in terms of, like, that's not going to blow me the w- away in the same way. Uh, you know, I was talking with uh, my childhood friend, Ryan Gibbons, the other day. He brought Boys up. say his name. He brought up uh, a story that I totally forgot. I remember when I was, like, 13, my dad took me, Gibbons, and our friend Kyle Lautenbacher to the Wells Fargo Center to see Corn and Stained and a little band nobody knew and everybody hated called Mindless Self-Indulgence. Oh my god, MSI. I've seen them a few yeah. times. But uh, 
at that show, I totally forgot about this, but he said, like, remember when those dudes next to us offered us weed and your dad, like, almost beat the shit out of them? Like, whoa, <laughs> what? Like, no, I don't remember How that old at are you? all. I was 13. Oh, which, yeah. Which means that I had smoked weed for the first time a few months earlier. Cousin Tracy had gotten it for me. At, wow, uh, you're so bad. Meanwhile, you're scared of it now. I'm not scared of it. It's just not good for you're me. You're a little scared of it. Yeah, because it's bad for me. I'm, I really... I'm scared of weed scared the way I'd be scared of hooking up with an ex. Like, oh, man, this is going to go sideways. I hope the next time we see the cure, because we absolutely will see them again and we will be on the floor, um, I hope you're able to smoke weed. Yeah. But here, here's what makes me feel better about the fact that they might tour again. At the end, Robert Smith was eating that shit Yeah, up. that was actually one of the cool... Probably a little bit of a bummer for the rest of the guys in the band. They just unplugged their shit and walked in the back. And Robert Smith just, like, had a moment of just walking around the stage of, like, thank you. I mean, he is the band. I do I, I do love that when he first came out in the beginning, somebody threw him a bouquet of flowers. Oh, wow. Yeah, roses, in fact. I just don't know how. I think it's odd that The Cure and The Smiths are, like, so often compared. Mm-hmm. And that Robert Smith and Morrissey are so often compared. Because they're, like, totally different music. Uh, they have vocal similarities. Kind of the wilting flower. I get A lot of bands that time have That's that, true. though. That is true. You sounded like Depeche Mode just doing that. <laughs> no, it was definitely, like, I mean, a new wave thing, but, like. It makes me want to see, like, maybe other New Wave bands. Like, I know New Order and Pet Shop Boys tour a lot. See, you know who I've been hearing more of late? Not a band, but a genre. I kind of want to do a deep dive into Krautrock. Um, they've been talking. It's it's come a few times on last podcast on the left. Uh, they have a sister series called Do- No Dogs in Space. Yeah. You know this. I'm saying this for the audience. Oh, okay. But, well, I was uh, just confirming yes. But, uh, yeah, the hosts of that are doing a, a segment on Krautrock. And the history behind it and how they pretty much they believe Krautrock totally exists because of it was German youths dealing with the crimes of their parents in World War Two and like that's why there's a whole like inhuman robotic flavor to it. Oh wow. And of course that would go on to affect electronic music for the rest of time. Is that craftwork? Craftwork is craftwork is My dad loved craftwork. Of course he did. Yeah, no tracks. Um yeah, I need to get back into that podcast. I was listening to it from the beginning, and then I, like, largely stopped. Oh, gee. And uh, I think my problem with podcasts is if I've gone away from it for so long, I forget I can just... I don't need to listen to the whole back catalog. I can just right. pick it back up. Yeah, I tend to wander back after a few months. Like, uh, like I love Pete Holmes' podcast, but it's it has to be a guest that... I either like or their genre is something I give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the 500 podcast, I'll go months without listening to, and then I'll download 10 episodes at I'm once. waiting for them to do the Nine Inch Nails stuff. Now, uh, where are they on the 500 list? Uh, I don't know exactly uh, where. I mean, they have to be on I mean, I think, I think at least two of their... I think Pretty Hate Machine and mm. Downward Spiral are both on there. Ooh, here's, here's a fun thing. Who is on the Mount Rushmore of goth icons? Robert Smith. Robert Smith is one. Who would probably say, I'm not a goth icon. Of course, that's what makes you a goth icon. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just because there has to be a woman up there and because she totally fits Susie Sue. Yeah, agreed. And then from there, I don't know a whole lot of individuals. I know bands. I don't know individuals. 
Um, hmm. I'm actually gonna look this up. Um. Well, so we're just referring to goth music then. Oh yeah, because you know why? You know who else would immediately be up there? I I'll tell you, if we're not just doing music, the Mount Rushmore of goths are Robert Smith, Susie Sue, Tim Burton, and Brandon Lee and the Crow. Like that's mm. that's it. I don't think there's any fucking argument. Which is so funny because like just one role uh, made him what? Somebody mentioned uh, Wednesday Adams. Well, that's what I was thinking. I, you were giving me your list. All right, I, just, I wouldn't say Susie Sue would be up there if we're doing just like goth in general. Right. No, that has to be goth music. So this is the list that Can just I came up you? when I uh, pulled up greatest goth icons. Oh. Susie Sue, Marilyn Manson, Robert Smith, the Cocteau Twins. Oh, I love them. It's been a Who's while. Peter Murphy? The name sounds familiar. Uh, oh, Bauhaus. Oh, okay. Uh, Vampira. Okay. Lydia Dietz should just be Winona Ryder. I'd give it to Winona Ryder. Taylor Momsen, no. That's a weird... Get out of here. Diamante Gallus. Uh, I've never seen her referred to as Cassandra Peterson. Like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But yes, Elvira. Mm -hmm. Morticia. Morticia. Shout out entire Adams Family. Tim Burton, of course. Some silent films that are turning in there. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. If John, if John, Johnny Depp, I must have John Travolta. If Johnny Depp stopped his career in the 90s or even early 2000s, yeah. he, he could throw himself up there too. Bella Lugosi. And then that's where it gets like Glenn Danzig. Glenn Danzig's not goth. Fuck out of here. But you also just looked on like the Google. Yeah, I know. Hmm. Yeah, like Dita Von Teese isn't goth. Yeah. She's definitely got like an edgier. She's look. adjacent. Oh, Elena Bonham Carter. You can. Um, that reminded me. I know that's Susie Sue, but um, uh, Frankenfurter. What about it? I feel like he could be up there. Oh, yeah. I mm, he, way way more gay than goth, but uh, adjacent. But he's like a gay goth. Yeah. Um, definitely like style. Stylized. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Steele from Typo Negative, because that music was goth. It, it was like goth metal as much as goth metal has. Ever I mean, then been you're throwing Trent Reznor up there. Oh yeah, I throw him in there. Again, once we expanded it from just music to, even that, though he's music, I, I'm just trying to think. What are some other goth thing? I mean, honestly, as as a guy, look, I love the music, but I don't know if I ever would have gotten into goth if not for the archetype of the fucking goth girl. Y'all are fucking hot. As Finn McKinty always says, like I just, I just, I need a big titty goth girlfriend. That's what I need. Yeah, I'm literally. Um, but I'm not like super goth. You're not super goth. You're you're in in the middle. You're 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 a Venn diagram of a lot of different. I th- I would say I went through my yeah I am. Uh, and I realized that in high school that I was like oh I could be all of these things any day. Yeah. Um, but I would say I was the most. My most goth self in like eighth grade mm-hmm. and seventh grade, because that's when I was wearing like the fishnets and yeah. the like pants with like the the fucking straps and chains mm-hmm. on them and shit. Um, another thing that was always goth adjacent, it was always in. I I, I love how Hot Topic really tried to bring together. Well, I was gonna say Emily the Strange. Burn down, burn down, Hot Topic. Do you remember that South Park episode? No. The goth kids versus the vamp kids. Oh, yeah. And they have to burn down Hot Topic because that's where they're getting the power source. That's right. Um, Which we went into 
the other day. What? Hot Topic. Oh, yeah. It was so cool. I like it a lot. Uh, it was always in Hot Topic. Um, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Mm, the... Yeah, Yona Vasquez. I, I really enjoyed that. That was... That, it, that had mainstream appeal, but that was, like, goth. Very goth. Yeah, I always liked Emily the Strange in her black hat. Yeah. Um, Emily's an interesting name for a goth character. Isn't, like, related to Emily Dickinson? Oh, is it? Yeah, because she's, you know, sad. I guess. She's not having a good time. But... Edgar Allan Poe, goth icon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How yeah. could we forget? Again, from the South Park episode. She wasn't having a good time. And it's fun where it's gotten to now, because now, like, goth and emo are so intertwined. Yeah. And particularly, I've seen... So, I haven't gotten into any of this stuff personally. You know I try to keep my finger on what the kids are listening to. Finger on the pulse. And I try to keep up with this emo rap shit, but gosh darn it, if the stars don't die after their first albums. Shout out Lil Peep, Juice World, Extentacion. Yeah, well, he's a fuck. Yeah. But uh, I watched a documentary on Lil Peep, and uh, it was him going on tour, and he's basically playing, like, maybe 300-seat venues. Uh But uh, the way these kids are fucking reacting to him and seeing them in the crowd, like, oh, like, now now hip-hop has its foot in, like, the sad goth kid. I had punk friends obsessed with Lil Peep. Really? Yes. Eh. Um, It was... He was... Like, not my cup of tea, but he was fine. I, li- he, I give his album a listen. Out of the three of them I just mentioned, if he had lived, I think... Uh, actually, they all... I feel like Juice World was on his way. Lil Peep died just too, just too soon. And Temptation, his, his demons would have gotten the better of him. But, like, I even read a thing like Billie Eilish said that, like... No, he actually really helped me through, like, some hard times when I was young. Like, like, like per, no, like personally. Oh, wow. Like, they got in, t- in touch with each other as, like, people who were getting Didn't popular he, like, on SoundCloud. Did he, like, kill his girlfriend or some shit? No, he beat the shit out of his pregnant girlfriend. Oh, okay? much, much better. Tomato bashed pregnant potato. God, terrible. But, yeah, fuck that, dude. You know what's fun? If, you have, if you're like me and you have a Twitter burner account just because you like to start some shit, just start commenting on people, like... Who really missed Triple X Tentacion, and man, you will get some justifications. Like, he was changing, she cheated on him. Like, Yikes. dude, you were 20 years old, and you were a piece of shit, even if you if you lived to be 100, you would have been a piece of shit. So I actually found out about him um, because of a... There's a podcast called Disgraceland. Have you heard of it? I've not heard of it. Oh, you would probably like it, but again, this podcast has gotten away from me and I haven't come back to it, but Mm. it's about, like, terrible people in the music Mm -hmm. industry, like, their backstory, and he was featured on it. I was like, wow, this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say about this. No, me neither. Any, any goth bands on your list you want to see? Um, fuck. Besides my chemical romance. The the OG goths. The OG. Goths. Here's the thing. I want to see my chemical romance, the but at the same time, I've never the only live video I've ever seen of them that blew me away where I thought they sounded great was when uh they covered under pressure with the used. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't like their arrangements live. 
See, that's the thing about The Cure is like I do. It's I, it's a full sound. It's a live band. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I put the little toilet paper in my ears and I immediately took it out because I was like I'm losing um yeah. sensations because mm-hmm. the drumming was incredible. Yeah, and part of that, unfortunately, this is something that happens. Older bands versus younger bands. Mm-hmm. Um, younger bands just need the money a little bit more. Yeah. Where, like, part of the reason some 41's breaking up, I'm sure, is just money. But also, like, when their old guitars rejoined, instead of kicking out the old the guy who replaced them, they just said, fuck it, we're at five beats now. But they make so little money on tour. Whereas The Cure, it would be very easy for Robert Smith to say, we only need one keyboardist and pocket an extra 50 grand that they were going to pay that very guy. True. Very true. But, god damn, that made a difference in the sound. The yeah. fact that you had... You know, Robert Smith, who's obviously playing guitar uh, when he wants to, or singing. Mm-hmm. You have the bass the whole time. You have the one keyboardist the whole time. You have the one guitarist and the drummer the whole time. And the fact that you have an extra guy there who will play keyboard, who will play guitar, fuck it, he'll add a second bass line. Like, the the sound was so full. Yeah. And, like, I'll give you two bands whose music never sounded great live uh, due to the fact that they only had single guitarists would be Pantera. And Van Halen, because, you know, once Dimebag or Eddie, both rest in peace, kicking that guitar solo and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this sounds different. Like, yeah, because there's no rhythm guitar behind it now. Mm. They're not going to hire somebody else to come out on the fucking road. That was a big part of the reason when Nirvana got so big, Kurt was like, get Pat Smear from the fucking germs. I don't. I don't want to be playing all of this shit on stage and it sounds garbage with just one guitar. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I never really thought about that. Um or you could be like Motley Crue and just have pre-recorded tracks play over everything because you're shitty musicians and your singer can't sing. Yeah. Fuck that. And like he, like it felt even more worthwhile because of how dedicated Robert Smith was to making sure his fans got tickets. Yeah, particularly after the whole the Taylor, the, Swift, Taylor Swift thing yeah. that Taylor was pretty mum on. Yeah, and then she, okay. We all know I like. We don't need to attack me. We all know I like Taylor Swift now, but she did not need to opt into dynamic pricing, and she did, and that's what fucked a lot of people. Yeah, and Robert Smith was like, "Nope." He had twenty dollars tickets for shows. I don't think anything was more than like two fifty, three hundred dollars a pop. Um, and then when they tried some squirrely shit, he yeah. straight up went on social media like, "I'm, f- I'm fixing this." Yeah, yeah. Or he actually, got people money like, back. I'm fixing. <laughs> he got people money back. He made it so that the tickets weren't transferable to deter people from reselling them. Although no one was checking our ID. Um, yeah, no one checked. Our, but hey, a, a good. I pointed this out as we were walking up. There were, quote-unquote, scalpers, but the scalpers were trying to buy tickets, Mm. which meant they were trying, like, they had maybe sold the one ticket they had, and they were just like, well, I'm already here, let me try to justify this, and probably got no fucking takers. Right. Yeah, who's selling their ticket? It's like 1983, Jack. I'm not wandering in like, oh, let me, I'll transfer you my fucking ticket on Ticketmaster. Right. Although I did Kara, so one of the people who work um, in the same market that Kara does, I like cozied up to them um, and was talking to them at uh, Kate, previous podcast guest, Kate's uh, party, and I like fully convinced her to try to get cure tickets. 
And she was like, I'm going. Like, to her husband, I'm going. I'm going to this show. <laughs> and wouldn't you fucking know, this was, like, the week before, she bought fucking tickets to Madison Square the week before the show, and she went. And I'm like, I said to Kara, I was like, I hope she is happy that I convinced her to do this because this was one of the best fucking shows of my life. That sounds like a great place to leave it. Yeah, it yeah. was. So, all right. All right. Um, y'all want to see me do comedy? I'll be at Wissahickon Brewing on July 28th. Uh, that's the only big thing on the books right now. We just have so much shit going on. Yeah, and if y'all want to see me, too bad because I don't exist. Follow me on Instagram at JD Patrick Comedy. Listen to KYGY2K. Our episode on Three Ninjas that I've been talking about came up. Doing pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. follow follow Goth Mom at Goth Mom Podcast on yeah. Instagram. Follow the whole family. Yeah. All right. That's it. Bye. Later. Big titty goth.